Yes, okay, so what we're doing today, folks, we're doing a little test run. What I want to do is maybe once a week, we'll see how things go. I've been trying a few different things lately so far this year. I thought there's a few things I've been wanting to do for some time, and this is one of them. I want to start doing review videos, and they'll probably be videos rather than live streams. I like videos better, because that way if there's any problems, I can edit out dead air or whatever the case might be. It's easier to make sure the product is up to scratch live. When you go live, you know, sometimes things are out of your hand, aren't they? So probably these will be videos in the future, but today we're doing this live. We'll do it live. Go write it and we'll do it live. That's what we're going to do. And I want to do a review of a thread on the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit. Now, I know a lot of people are not big fans of Reddit because, among other reasons, generally speaking, it is full of the more progressive, shall we say, people, the more pro-establishment, pro-state, pro-globalism, you know, all those kinds of things. Reddit tends to be full of those people. That is true. However, there are some subreddits that are much better than that. And one of them is Conspiracy No Poll. Has about 60,000 people subscribed. Usually gets most days at its most busy only 100, maybe 200 active users. So it's not the most popular conspiracy sub by any stretch of the imagination. However, it has the most or the best proportion of people who have some kind of idea what's going on. And by that I mean people who know that the TV can and does lie about all kinds of things. Not just about the J-I-B-B-Ys, or I-E-S, I suppose. Not just about the P-A-N-D-E-M-I-Cs. Not just about the more recent things. We're talking just about anything. The TV can and does lie all the time. And almost nobody seems to notice and almost nobody seems to care. So I'm not saying that everybody on this subreddit is aware of those things. I'm just saying there's a much better proportion. And one of the reasons for that is because... There is no political nonsense allowed. There's no, oh, Trump's going to do this, or Bernie's going to do that, or it's all the Republicans' fault, it's all the, the blue team's fault. There's none of that. We're just not interested in that. So when you get rid of that, you tend to get a higher quality of conversation. And the subreddit is, I think now, what is it, three years old? Yeah, I think it's three years old now, so it's been around for a while. So just to give you an idea of some of the things that are on the front page at the moment... What are the current top threads? Somebody asks, what is your opinion on the Godlike Productions forum? Somebody says that the chat GPT is military tech. Somebody says that a New World Order Armageddon is imminent and Africa will be the only safe place left. Somebody asks, and by somebody I mean me, this one's by me, how often do you drop some of your more fringe takes or observations into your conversation with regular people? Somebody asks, whatever happened to the North Stream explosion? Somebody says, in the Bible, the beast with seven heads is the G7, and the whore of Babylon is capitalism, and they are planning to kill it. Somebody asks, why are there so many cases of aliens or demons reacting negatively to the Bible? Now, there's not normally this many Bible threads. Somebody, is that the same person posted both of those threads? Nope, different people. Okay. Well, there's not normally this many Bible threads. It's not Godlike Productions biblical. Somebody asks, what will happen to the Prime Ministers and Premiers who oversaw the 2020 charade? And so on and so forth. So today we're taking a look at a thread that was posted five days ago. 
by somebody who calls themselves Lele Cares, Lele Cares, Lele Cares. Not sure how many times that, but anyway, the thread is: Why does everyone want me to watch TV? So we're going to go through this OP, the original post. Then we'll look at a whole bunch of responses, presumably from people all around the world. Although at this point in time, given the quality of Chat GPT, maybe all of the replies, or most of them anyway, are from bots. How can you know? How can you know? I suppose you can't know. Or maybe you can, but I don't know. Maybe they are bots. Who knows? So we'll come back and take a look at that. First, let me just go and check to make sure that we are coming through live here. How many people in the live stream chat? Let's take a look. I didn't even warn people I was going to do this, so... Oh, we've got 20 people watching live. Fantastic. In the live stream chat, we've got Unico, Osha06, and Thirst for Truth. And they all say hello. Hello to all of you. Get your questions, comments coming through. I'll do my best to read them out as we go through this. And if this goes well, folks, if this goes well, my plan is to do this probably once a week. You know what? If the live stream goes well, if it goes well, we could even just do a live stream every week. What's today? Today's Tuesday, right? Tuesday the... I should have said this. Today is Tuesday the 24th of January 2023. What a time to be alive, folks. Man, 2020 was crazy wasn't it? Absolutely insane. And then 2021, some would argue was even more crazy. And then last year, it was just intense. You know that um, trucker convoy? That was a year ago. Can you believe that? feels like eons ago. It was one year ago. Last year, we had Novak got kicked out of the Australian Open. I did a live stream about that, actually, asking people, do you think they're really going to kick him out? Because it was an ongoing saga. It was a multi-day saga where Novak was supposedly holed up in a hotel. They said, nope, you can't play tennis because you refuse to get the J-I-double-B-Y. And this is Australia. And in this country, everyone has to get the J-I-double-B-Y or else you can't go to restaurants, you can't play sport, you can't go to gyms, you can't be healthy unless you get the J-I-double-B-Y. And this is for your health, goddammit. So you can pack up your rackets and you can take your entourage and get the hell out of this country, they said. That was one year ago. Can you believe that? Last year, we had the nonsense with more recently, we had the nonsense with Kanye because he was naming the people you're not allowed to name. And we had all the royal family drama, the royal family with Prince Harry and Princess Meghan doing a tell-all book, supposedly. What else happened last year? I forget. ChatGPT, this ChatGPT3 thing was launched, which I think a lot of people are sleeping on that. I don't think they realize what a big deal that is. What else happened last year? Man, I will, obviously flights and international travel seemed to come back for the most part. That was a big part of last year. I, I know I'm forgetting so many things from last year. So much happened. I wasn't really planning to talk about it. Anyhow, we've got Sean Hamer. Is that Sean Hamer? Is that the dude who was interviewed on the High Side Chats recently? Or am I confusing? It was somebody Hamer. I think it was a Sean Hamer. Somebody Hamer was interviewed on the High Side Chats recently speaking about nuclear bombs and dinosaurs potentially not being real. I know that's a very controversial take, folks. I know, because that's been my take for how long now? Six years, seven years? I've been saying these things. But it's always good to see somebody else talking about those things on the high side chats. Napoleon Wilson is in the live stream chat. Napoleon, check this out. I'm going to be on Fakeologist tonight, my time. I'm staying up very late. I had a second cup of coffee, which I usually don't do. But I'm going to be there from 6 p.m. Eastern time, U.S. time. Which, I mean, you're in the same continent as me. You're in England, right? So it'll be from 11 p.m. your time. And I'll be there, Napoleon. Hopefully you'll be there. We can read out your live stream comments. 
That'll be on a different platform. That'll be on fakeologist.com, not here on YouTube, I presume. Oh, that was John Hamer, says Sean Hamer. Yes, of course, John Hamer. I thought Sean wasn't quite right. Yeah, but the Hamer part I got right. And then Sean says that his dad is called John Hamer. No relation to the Higher Side Chats guy. I'm imagining Tominoid says that Putin is evil. Oh, that's right. Evil Putin. That was the big thing last year. The beginning of World War Three, according to some people. That's right. World War Three began on February 24, 242. There's your 242 right there. And of course, Putin invaded Ukraine, supposedly. And Zelensky fought back, supposedly. And now there's a war going on. Not all that far from where I sit here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria, supposedly. Is there really a war going on? Oh boy, don't get me started on that. What else happened last year? Napoleon says that Greta was singing. Was she? I don't remember that. Don't remember Greta singing. How dare you? Okay, so enough about all of that. Guys, keep your comments and questions coming through in the live stream. Chat about 30 people watching live right now. Yeah, yeah, boy. And that's without any warning, guys. I didn't give anybody any warning about this. I just thought, you know what? Tonight, I've got some time to pass. And I could sit here and do the responsible thing and spend some more time trying to learn Bulgarian. But I already did an hour of that today. And I really seem to struggle to learn. I can only learn so many words in a day. And then my brain just seems to switch off. And I can try and learn a word. And then I figure out after one minute, I come back, revise, revise. I'm like, I can't, cannot remember this freaking word. I think my brain's limited to like 10 or 20 words a day or something. So what's the point of sitting here at midnight trying to learn more Bulgarian? One hour a day, I think is enough. Alrighty, so let's get into the fun then. So guys, once again, if you are anti-Reddit, you've got no interest in Reddit, whatever, that's totally cool. I'm going to demonstrate to you over the course of the next 30 or 40 minutes that there are some very intelligent people there having some worthwhile conversations. And you might even consider creating a Reddit account. It's free. I don't think you even need an email address. You didn't used to anyway. I don't think you do. Just create a username and a password, and then you can comment. You don't even need an uh, an account to read. So go and check out Conspiracy No Poll. Link to this particular thread in the show notes below, in the little info box that you see. And then from there, you can check out the rest of the threads. And I think you will agree with me once you check it out that the quality of conversation is much better than what you might find on different subreddits or different so-called conspiracy forums. I think it is the best. If we can just consider Reddit as a forum-like platform for the sake of uh, conversation, it is the best conspiracy forum, I think, on the internet today at the moment. Unfortunately, not as active as places like God Life Productions or the main conspiracy sub or different other conspiracy forums. It's not as active as some of the big ones, but it's active enough to keep it coming back every day if you're interested in this kinds of conversation. So this particular individual, Lele Cares says, now this should be on the screen, is it coming through? Yes, it is. They wrote this five days ago. Do you know what, I'll zoom in, can we zoom in? There we go, so you can read along with me at home if you're watching this. Now what I'll do as well for these uh, presentations, whether they're live streams or their videos, is I will convert them to audios and I will upload those probably to my Podbean account or maybe to a separate account I'll see how I feel tomorrow when I get around to ripping this to MP3 and uploading it as a separate file. But what I'll do is I'll make sure that you can either watch along with me as a video or if you prefer to listen to things as audios as I do. Like, for instance, if someone says to me, hey, check out this presentation on YouTube and it's like an hour, hour and a half, I just download it, rip it to MP3, listen to it on my uh, on my phone, actually, as my phone is a podcast player, as most of us do these days. And I listen to it while I'm walking around or doing whatever I do. So I'm going to make sure that for those of you who are like me, who prefer the audio rather than just the video, 
These will all be available in audio format as well. And with that being the case, I will make sure that anything that is on the screen that you can't see that is relevant, I will read it to you. I'll explain it to you. So you'll miss nothing important if you go with the audio version rather than the video version. And I should say as well, if somehow you stumble upon this and you are new to John LeBon or the general JLB shtick, basically I'm a 35-year-old dude living in Bulgaria at the moment. And I grew up in Australia, as you can probably tell from my accent. And back about eight or nine years ago, I discovered that a lot of what I thought was true was not true. And I'm not going to get into the details about it now, but let's just say that there was a news report of a shooting and a different news report of a bombing. And I was just living my life as a regular mid-20s dude living in the outer suburbs of Brisbane. And not even at, at that time, actually, I was in the inner suburbs. I would later move to the outer suburbs. But let's just say I was a suburban Australian guy. And yeah, I saw something on YouTube and I couldn't believe what I was seeing because I had previously believed the news story was real. So I looked into it further and I discovered that there were some serious problems with what I thought I knew. And then I found a bunch of YouTubers and podcasters who were talking about that kind of issue. And then that was about 2013, 14. And then within a few months, I was like, man, this is a big deal. I want to get involved. So I started podcasting and then later I started YouTubing. And then I discovered that the the lies about these news stories was just the tip of the iceberg. Turns out we've been deceived, in my opinion, and I'm sure many of your opinions as well, about all kinds of things. Where we come from, where we live, who is controlling the place, what they're trying to achieve, and so much more. And so, yeah, I started that podcast back in 2014. And then by 2016, I'd built up a small audience, but enough that I thought it was worthwhile creating my own website. And then that led into uh, me creating a lot. Of, I've probably done more than a thousand YouTube videos, but I also create content for the website as well. And then eventually that led to me saying, hey, I'm making a very small amount, but enough from the membership section of the website to travel to low cost of living countries. And I was traveling around Asia in 2019, Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, and it was pretty cool. And then obviously this um, PANDMIC thing happened and I found myself stuck in Malaysia. The planes had all stopped. There was no way to get out of there. There was nothing to do there because of the lockdowns. And yeah, I was uh, stuck there. And especially the first few months were pretty full on because I was just all by myself, no friends, no family, no nothing in a little studio apartment. And at the time, none of us really knew what was going to happen next. Are these lockdowns ever going to stop? Is this part of a great takeover of the world? Will they let travel come back? Will the normies ever stop wearing these freaking masks? Will they force us all to get the J-I-double-B-I-E-S? What the hell is going to happen next? And so I was stuck there in that little studio apartment. And I probably went a little bit, probably a little bit more eccentric and crazy than I had been previously. And then eventually by the end of 2020, some travel was allowed again. And I decided to get the hell out of Malaysia, which, by the way, great country, lovely people. I would love to go back there sometime, hopefully in the future when all of this nonsense has really died down, which it still hasn't entirely, but for the most part, I think it has. But one day I would love to go back there. Great country. I'm very grateful that I was there rather than in Australia during all the madness. And then I made my way to Eastern Europe, and I've been here uh, more or less ever since then. I've traveled to a few different countries to go and visit members of my website, people who, over the years... We've gotten to know each other really well, and I now consider them friends, and I got to see them in real life and meet them and 
in some cases meet their family and their friends, and it's been a wonderful experience the last uh, 12 months in particular. But I'm now based here in Bulgaria, and if you go to johnlebond.com, you'll find a ton of content, some of it just for the members, but a lot of it, hundreds of hours of content is waiting for you for free if you're interested in these kinds of conversations and these kinds of topics. And that basically brings us to today. And now I am a 35-year-old dude living in Eastern Europe and just trying to enjoy life as best I can. And I get by by creating different content, articles, podcasts, videos on a range of topics. Much of it is research-based. That is, I'll go and do my own research and then come up with my own ideas about what's going on with different particular topics. Some of it is really more entertainment-based. It's not based on new research. It's just taking either what I've done or other people have done in the past and trying to put a positive spin on it. And that's, that's basically the JLB thing, I would say. Now, I mentioned the membership section of the website. That's now closed. So if you're interested in joining, unfortunately, you can't do that. However, I will reopen membership one final time in March of this year, March 11, 3.11. I'll do that. So jump on the JLB mailing list. It's free. There's a link in the info box below on this YouTube video. Or if you find this somewhere else, just go to johnlebond.com. There's a mailing list there. Jump on that. It's free. It'll take 10 seconds to join. And when the membership section opens again, I can send you an email and you'll find out how to join the membership section. But for the time being, it's closed. So if you think that what you're watching right now is some kind of advertisement for the JLB membership section, it isn't that because you cannot join even if you want to at the moment. And there's reasons for that that we don't have time to go into right now. But at the moment, there's about 105, 110 members of JohnTheBond.com all around the world. And it's thanks to their support that I'm able to do this and not have to worry about waking up at 7 o'clock to go to some normie job and do that. Now, in saying that, sometimes I think to myself, man, that last normie job I had wasn't that bad. And I made a lot more money in that job than than I'll probably ever make doing this. And sometimes I kind of wish I had more of a normie life. But then I have to remind myself, bro, you can do and say whatever you want. You can create whatever you want, research whatever you want. And there's an audience of people around the world who are interested in it. You really should be grateful for what you've got. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. So I do kind of wish I had a normie life and a normie job and normie money. But then I think, yeah, living as a pauper, making not much, but getting to have all the time in the world, there's a certain, that's a really cool thing. So I'm grateful for what I've got. And I'm very grateful for all the people around the world who support what I do at johnlebond.com. And I'm also grateful for those of you in the live stream chat, even if you're not members of johnlebond.com, even if you've never supported a single thing I've done, just the fact that you're there and you're paying attention, I'm grateful. So keep those comments and questions coming through. I'll read them out as we go through this presentation. Speaking of which, just let me clear my throat here. <clears throat> Pardon me. See, that's the kind of thing if I record this presentation, I can just edit out that kind of thing. But we're live, so I can't do that. So a couple more comments from the live stream chat. Let's see. We've got 2M62. It says that Putin is flattening the curve. Jason Catlin says hello. Hello, Jason. And... Tominoid2, Tominoid, says that sync predictive programming is my main excuse to watch TV movies these days. Can still watch stuff to unwind, as long as there's something to it. Story, production, comedy, etc. Yeah, well, I should say, today we're looking at this thread. Let me go to this right now. Today we're looking at this thread. My personal opinion is, whatever your form of entertainment is, I say that's cool. So, me personally, I love to watch sports ball. I watch millionaires, literal millionaires kicking around some leather or some kind of synthetic uh, compound filled with air around a football pitch. And I will bet $5, this is what I usually do, I'll bet five Australian dollars on either the yellow team or the blue team or the black team, whatever colors they're wearing. 
and then I will just cheer for that team. And I hope that they win. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But that's my entertainment. It takes about two hours for a football match, generally speaking. That's a... When you take a step back and think about it, this is a very simple form of entertainment. I've got no emotional investment in any of the people, any of the teams. I don't even care about the outcome of the game unless I've got money on it. Otherwise, I don't care. And even then, I still don't really care. And that's my entertainment. So if somebody else's entertainment is watching a Hollywood movie or it is watching a Netflix program or it is playing video games, which is very popular with guys my age and younger, even guys older than me, video games. I think anyone 40 years old down, video games are still the the most popular form of entertainment for, for males in the West and even in the East when I was in Asia. I saw a lot of uh, internet cafes and guys playing video games. I don't know, Africa as well, probably all over the world. People love video games these days. It's a massive thing. Whatever your thing is, it's totally cool. What this person was asking, Lelia Cares, was why are people pressuring me to, to watch the, the television? So let's take a look at what they had to say. Let's just go and check this out. About 30 people watching live all over the world. Keep those comments and questions coming through. So Lily, I'm going to call this person Lily from now on. Lily says this. I stopped regularly watching television and movies about five years ago, except for the handful of times I was in a social gathering and they all wanted to watch a movie or show, which I must say was torturous. But just lately, so many of my friends and family are pushing me to just quote-unquote veg out, they use those words, on TV and movies, to the point where they are frustrated with me and almost angry and definitely irritated by it. They say I think too much and learn too much and I need time to not think. But after learning so much about how much programming they do through entertainment, I just can't get myself to watch. When I'm forced to watch, I just can't even comprehend why anyone would want to watch what we are watching and I am baffled by how hypnotized they are by the TV. I'll say something to them and it will be like they can't even hear me with their eyes locked wide open on the screen. I'm frustrated and want to learn more about how to explain to family and friends how detrimental TV and movies can be. It's like I can't find the words to explain to them in the moment and just end up saying something like, I don't know why I can't watch TV. I'm so weird. Final sentence. I don't know why I'm even writing this. I guess it is to vent a bit or to see if anyone else experiences this. So that is the original post from Lily submitted to the Conspiracy No Pulse subreddit five days ago. And basically they're saying that they stopped watching TV about five years ago. And now their friends and family are telling them, hey man, just watch the TV. You think too much. Which leads to the inference that Lily is probably sharing some of his or her own opinions for the sake of argument, let's assume that Lily is a, is a male. So Lily is sharing too many of his opinions with the family and friends, and they've had enough of it. They're like, we don't want to hear about the programming. We don't want to hear that they're pushing some pro-LGBTIQA plus agenda on us. We just want to watch the Netflix, okay? Chill out, brother. It sounds like is what's happening. And basically, Lily has come and wanted to vent on Conspiracy Nopal saying, hey, guys, I'm, I'm sick of my family being programmed. I got off the programming five years ago. I try and tell them, guys, this is programming. They tell me to shut up and just chill out and veg out. And when I hang out with my friends, they just want to watch Netflix. And if I try and talk to them about this stuff while they're watching, 
I can't even get their attention because their eyes are so glued to the television or to the big screen. I can't even converse with them anymore. And I, I feel alienated. This is my words reading through what Lily has said. I think this is pretty much where they're coming from. So let's go and take a look at the responses, shall we, on Conspiracy No Poll. Yeah, yeah, boy. Let's go and take a look at this. Okay, so the top reply with 45 points, and of course the points system on Reddit ostensibly works. You take the number of thumbs up, subtract the number of thumbs down, and you get the number of points. So this is the top rated comment on this particular thread. It comes to us from Idiot382. That's what they call themselves. How do you feel about Reddit? YouTube, TikTok, something to think about. It's all just different flavors of the same media, and we all use it to distract ourselves. So Idiot seems to be suggesting that, okay, you've got a problem with your friends watching the Netflix, but isn't Reddit pretty much the same thing, is what Idiot seems to be suggesting. The next reply, so the way that these threads work is the top comment, then it'll go to the top reply to that comment, and then the top reply to that comment, and so on. It's what they call nested replies, which I'm sure most of you know how Reddit works, but for those of you who might not be familiar, this is the basic idea of it. That's the ostensible idea behind it. However, there are question marks about how do the bot, how does how do the bots, you know, affect these comments and who's really upvoting, downvoting? Is it all above board? There are question marks about it. But on a subreddit that's relatively small compared to the bigger subreddits, you'd think it isn't too much affected by the bots. You would hope. I would hope so. So the first reply to the top comment is that Reddit is my biggest binge. I lose hours each day. And it just so happens that my reply to them was next on the list. I wrote, some days I also spend hours here. It's true. It's true. Other days less, but still overall too much. Not a good defense, but it is a terrific resource when used selectively. And I stand by that, folks. If you are just scrolling through the front page of Reddit or through your subscribed subreddits, or world news, or whatever. Yeah, of course, it's easy to waste time, and so much of Reddit, it's kind of like, you know, social media in this sense is almost like the modern-day shock jock, isn't it? The things that get the most tension are things that are the most controversial. It doesn't matter whether you're scrolling through because you agree with most of the comments, or you're scrolling through because you hate most of the comments, or you hate scrolling. Either way, you're giving it your attention. Very easy to lose time on Reddit if you do that. What I try and do is just stick to the subreddits that are interesting to me. So, for instance, if there is a big UFC event coming up, I like to read through Reddit RMMA to read about the news about the upcoming event, for instance. Or Formula One, if I'm watching it. You might have noticed I'm a big sports ball fan. This is my entertainment. If there's a big Formula One uh, race uh, coming up or if it's on at the time, I like to scroll through the different uh, comments on that. And then, of course, this subreddit. I like to check out this subreddit every now and then. So... Those are the subreddits that I usually check out. Also, conspiracy, like Reddit conspiracy, I like to post there. I will sometimes post links to my material or to other people's material. If I see a comment that seems relevant, like for instance, if people are talking about war and they're talking about how, you know, we were deceived about the Gulf War, for instance, I might leave a reply saying, well, if you think, I mean, if you've already worked that out, that's a good start. Have you heard the theory that the deception goes much further? And then I might link to some material featuring Crazy Dave J, for instance. So I like to use Reddit to link to what I think is useful content or information, what have you. So if you use Reddit selectively, I think it can be a very uh, good use of your time. But even then, I think I still spend too much time and hopefully I can cut back as the days go by. By the way, 
I don't watch Netflix. I don't have a Netflix account. I've never had a Netflix account. I don't watch Netflix. The last TV series that I watched, I watched the first season of Westworld. This was back in 2020. I'd heard all these good things about Westworld. So I downloaded the first season and I quite enjoyed it. And then I've also downloaded a few episodes of Black Mirror. But the thing with Black Mirror is I've probably seen about half a dozen episodes, I would say. The thing is, I find that show incredibly depressing. Almost to the point where I wonder if it was designed to be that way. Are you meant to leave an episode of that feeling empty? It could have just been the episodes that I watched. Could have been. The sample size was what? Like I said, five or six episodes. And they've got, what, four seasons? So, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 episodes? I don't know. Maybe the ones I watched were just particularly depressing. But, man, I would leave that show just feeling, generally speaking, a little bit empty. That's just me speaking. So, the point of my story is, yeah, Westworld and Black Mirror. That's the last TV uh, series, most recent TV series that I've watched. Prior to that, the most recent TV series I would have downloaded and watched would have been... Uh, Mad Men, the one about the advertising with John Hamm, I think was his name. And the, what are the odds of that? John Hamm, John Hamm, you know what I mean? Ooh, it's happening already, isn't it? The craziest things. Not quite. And the other one was, what was the other one? It was, uh, yeah, it was that one. And there was another, oh, um, Breaking Bad. Yeah, so we're talking 10 years ago or more. So I'm not a big TV watcher. I'm not a big movie watcher. I, ha- I do have a TV. I'm in my uh, living room here right now. There is a TV here but it's not connected to anything and I don't watch it. So I'm not anti-TV like I tried to explain earlier. It's just not something that takes up my time. So I've got a lot more time than the average person to spend on different pastimes and different hobbies. And if you want to call it that. And yeah, Reddit is... And I don't... I don't um, I've got a Facebook account because it's very useful when you're traveling. I didn't have one for the longest time, for years and years and years. But then when I started traveling again back in 2019, I quickly realized you need one. Uh, and by need, I mean life is way more convenient with one. If you want to join different social groups or learn about the city that you're in and get to, you know, get to meet people or whatever, very useful uh, tool. But I'm not, a, in generally speaking, a, a social media scroller. I don't have Instagram. I do have Twitter, but not on my phone. I do have a Twitter. But uh, yeah, anyway, the point is, yeah, I'm not anti-TV. I just, I'm not a big TV watcher. So when people say to me stuff like, oh, have you heard that they're replacing uh, Velma from, is that her name, Velma or Thelma from... What's it called? Uh, Scooby-Doo. They're replacing it with a person of color. I'm like, no, I hadn't heard that. But thanks for telling me. In fact, I had one. I met a couple of people here not so long ago. And we were just having a... I was drinking water, actually, because I'm trying to avoid the drink for a little while. So I was just drinking water. They're having a couple of beers. And they were going on about this Scooby-Doo thing replacing... And like they seemed um, quite perturbed by the whole thing. And they kept going on about it. I'm like, guys, I get it. Yeah, it's, it, it happens all the time. It's been happening for years. I get it. Like, I don't care anymore. You know, I tried to be polite and diplomatic, but I'm like, why are we even talking about this? I wouldn't watch the, I wouldn't be watching that movie or TV show, whatever it is, no matter who was cast in it. I don't care. Do you see what I mean? Who cares, man? I think a lot of this stuff is meant to make people angry. And so if you find yourself getting angry by the casting decisions of these TV TV shows or the different plot, oh, did you hear that, you know, um, there's this TV show that's aimed at kids and it's got all kinds of, LGBTIQ and drug use. And I'm like, okay, I hadn't heard that. But so what? Why are you telling me this? Why do I care? Why do I care? I don't care. I don't care. I used to care years ago when I had different idea of how the world works and these kinds of things. But these days I'm like, guys, if I was making these TV shows, 
I would make them differently. But I'm not making the TV shows. I'm not watching the TV shows. I don't think they expect me to watch the TV show. Maybe they're doing some of this stuff to try and get people like me interested enough to be angry to care. I don't care. I can't remember the last time I got genuinely... Hmm. No, no. In terms of pop culture or movies or even sports ball, I just... I get as emotionally invested as I want, which is I want the yellow team to win because I put $5 on them and they're the 10 to 1 underdogs. So I want to win a $45 profit. That's about as invested as I get. And then if they're up 2-1 and then in the 90th minute the other team equalizes, I'm like, ah, well, (laughs) these things happen. That's about as invested as I get in, in this kind of thing. So, yeah, I just don't care. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes, we were reading the comments. Let's just go and check out the comments. 30 people watching live here at johnthebond.com YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, boy. Jason Catlin says, follow the white rabbit. Game 23, Bray Wyatt, WWE. I don't know what that means. Sean Hamer writes, I was amazed how servile people proved to be. Sean Hamer continues. I, this is from the live stream chat. I'm obviously streaming this on YouTube at the moment. He writes, I run a bar, and when the lockdown ended, all people talked about was Netflix binge sessions. Not everyone, but a lot of them. That reminds me, Sean, that back when the lockdowns first began, so we're talking circa March of 2020, I seem to recall that Netflix had some kind of introductory deal or some kind of cut price deal, or I seem to recall there was something, and it was timed perfectly, wasn't it? Hey, everyone's locked down at home now. Why don't you join Netflix if you haven't already? And then they had that, what was it called, Tiger King? The Tiger King show, and that's what everyone was talking about. And Yeah, they. I would love to know how many millions of people around the world were all, maybe not simultaneously, because it's streamed, people can watch it at their own leisure, but you know, within the space of a, of a day or two of a show being released, millions of people have all had the same images and sounds go through their eyes and ears. And of course, back in my day... Back, back in my day, Sonny Jim, I'm 35 years old, back in my day, we used to have to wait until 7.30 on a Thursday to see the latest episode of blah, blah, blah. Whereas these days, they can release a whole season of, what, eight or ten episodes or whatever. And people will binge watch. They'll watch the whole thing in one sitting, or they'll watch half one night, they'll watch half the next night. So these TV series almost become effectively like movies. A really long, detailed movie. And so they'll get hours and hours of this programming beams into their mind, either in one sitting or in a couple of sittings. It's really quite quite uh, phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, the whole Netflix thing back in 2020. And of course, you had all those people, you know, you know all those people who like really got into the, the lockdowns? <laughs> they actually seem to enjoy it. They seem to enjoy being told by the state, you've got to stay home. You can't go to work. I mean, I can see why people, especially if they had, you know, uh, cozy government jobs where they barely do anything anyhow. Now they don't even have to come to work to pretend to work. They can just stay home and pretend to work. I can see why they were enjoying that element of it. But this idea of, yeah, we're all stuck at home. Now we're binge watching. That became like a popular thing. Binge watching. Binge watching. If it wasn't already it became a popular thing in 2020, binge watching. Like it was cool. It was cool to sit there and stare at a screen of a TV series about kings and queens. What's it called? What was that really popular TV show? It's probably still going to this day. Game of Thrones, that's it. It was cool to stay home and binge watch Game of Thrones or whatever. Why would anyone be proud of that? Why would anyone be proud of that? Like, man, if I, if I spent 
eight hours at home just watching football, right? Just watching football matches. Don't get me wrong. Like I said to you before, I love watching football. But if I spent eight hours just watching, say, four matches in a row, could you imagine me getting on social media and bragging about it or talking about it like it's cool? No, that's sad. That's sad, man. You want to watch one game of an evening. We're very lucky here in Bulgaria. The EPL, the games usually begin at 10 p.m. our time because they've been at 8 p.m. London time. So it's perfect. I wake up, I go and do what I want to do. I go to a cafe, sit at my computer, write an article or edit a podcast or whatever. The cafe is closed at nine. Perfect. I could wander on down to the watering hole, get there in time to say hello to people, get the screen changed over to the game I want to watch, and then bang, I can just sit there and chill for a couple of hours. It's great. Two hours, I think, is more than enough. Imagine if I sat there for six or eight hours and I was like, hey guys, I binge watched EPL today. You'd be like, so what? I'm like, oh, I spent six or eight hours just watching mindless entertainment. I would think a lot of you'd be like, well, that's kind of sad, man. That's two hours to unwind. Okay, that's that's one thing. Just eight hours, like a whole day. That's very good. Like, is everything all right? Oh, yeah, man, It's this is what I do with myself now. I binge watch mindless entertainment, and I'm proud of it. What a pathetic life. All righty, next comment coming to us. This is from the live stream chat. Media Bear. Now, Media Bear, we might play a Media Bear song later on in the presentation. Media Bear, I had a conversation with Media Bear. Must have been 18 months ago now, Media Bear, we last spoke. And uh, I'm still a patron of Media Bear. I think he's doing... Well, I can't say he is doing terrific work. I assume that he still is. But I just haven't checked in for a little while of any of the people... I'm a patron of like half a dozen people. I haven't checked in with almost any of them for months now. I'm so far behind on my podcasts. I need to go and catch up. But Media Bear is the team. It's a husband and wife couple and their friend who is a music producer. The three of them put together these cool parody songs. And they got big back in 2020 with their parodies of different... Um, a lot of their tracks that they parody are, are from you know decades ago, like Rolling Stones tracks, that kind of thing. And they were talking about the lockdowns and the JIBB, IES and this kind of thing. Really brilliant. They even got on Alex Jones. Can you believe that? Alex Jones had them on as a guest. And some people some people from our corner of the internet be like, what? They were guessing Alex Jones? That means that they're paid shills and they're part of it. And I'm like, well, you're entitled to that opinion. I know that's a very tempting opinion to have that anybody who succeeds at anything is part of the agenda and that they're all in on it. Very tempting uh, framework to have. I don't personally subscribe to that, but I can see why so many people do. I personally do not. So Media Bear's in the live stream chat. And what does he say? I stopped talking about who he is and let's read his comment. He says, I agree 100%. Extreme demoralization pre-programming. Might be replying to somebody else in the live stream chat. Quite a few comments in there at the moment. Thanks to everybody for getting those comments coming through. Unico says, yeah, Black Mirror is not a good show to binge watch. It is so depressing. Yeah, so it's not just me, is it, Unico? Like, guys, this is not just me and Unico. Let us know in the live stream chat comments. Have you watched any Black Mirror? And if so, did you find it a little bit depressing? For example, there's this episode... That's, and, and some of you will probably know which episode I'm talking about. I think it's from the first season. It was actually filmed in Nisna in South Africa. And I've been to Nisna, one of the most beautiful places in the world, I would imagine. Certainly one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. And I've been all over the world, folks. I've been to Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe. I've been all over. I've been everywhere, man. I can't sing, but I've been everywhere. Not everywhere, literally, but I've been to a lot of places. And Nisna, which is on the southern tip of South Africa, absolutely gorgeous. And they filmed this episode of Black Mirror there. And the episode's about this woman. It's in the future. It's about how people are judged on their credit score. So 
the more successful you are and the more you get with the program, the higher your social credit score. And it's basically like a class system. And so the upper class are the people with the highest social credit scores. And, the, and then you go down the classes and basically people don't want to mix. You don't want to be seen with people with lower classes, uh, lower scores, because that will affect your score. And so anyway, the main character in this particular episode, she's a girl who is trying her best to, you know, rise through the, the social hierarchy. And she's contacted by her old friend from, from school or from university, something like this. And this particular girl, they must both be about 30 years old in the, in the episode. She's getting married and she, and she's really upper class. And she wants to invite her friends, the main character in the episode, to come to her wedding and give a speech. And then it turns out that they're not really friends. They had a falling out because this girl had uh, done the dirty with this girl's boyfriend and they basically hate each other. But it's in both of their interests for this, to pretend they're friends after all these years, for this girl to go to this other girl's wedding because by inviting this, you know, middle class girl from her school to give a speech, it makes her seem more genuine to all of her guests at the wedding. That'll help the upper class girls' social credit. It helps the, the this middle class girl's social credit to go to an upper class wedding and mix with the people there. So you see there's a symbiotic relationship that is uh, potential here. So she agrees to go to the wedding. But there's a calamity of problems. There's a comedy of errors. This girl misses her flight. She argues with the girl at the airport. Her social credit starts going down. The police are called, I think, or something like this. She has to rent a car, but there's a problem. So her social credit is just dropping, dropping to the point where she's no longer even welcome at the wedding anymore. And her life just falls apart. And, and her life is so fake. Whichever actress played the role, she did a really good job. The, a lot of the actors that I've seen in Black Mirror, like the acting is terrific. The, the direction is terrific. The, the settings, the, uh, what do you call them? The set design and the cinematography. And, uh, what do you call it? Just the, the general, uh, mood that they, that they produce is all terrific. Don't get me wrong. But it's a super depressing, uh, idea. And this is just one example of it. So by the end of the episode, this girl who's thrown, I mean, she's dedicated her life to, to rising through the ranks. Now she's just a, a regular schmo. And there's no moral to the story. There's no redeeming feature to the plot line. You, th- there's no character, there's no characters to cheer for. There's no characters to want to see succeed. It's just sad shit. Now you can come back to me and say, oh, but JLB, it's, it's, you know, talking about the future, maybe giving us a warning. I'm like, a warning to do what? What are we going to do? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Nothing. If this is the future, and it probably is to some extent, okay, great. How, do, how, how does it help me to even watch these science fiction fantastical versions of it right now? It doesn't help me. It's depressing, especially that particular representation. Now, had the episode been about how somebody did lift themselves and lead a better life through the social credit score, just bear with me, folks, just hear me out here, and by the end, someone had improved their lot in life by being a good person, by doing the right thing, and at the end of the episode, it was like all this time and money and effort and energy, spiritual energy that invested into this paradigm had yielded a better life. Okay, well, there's something to hang your hat on. There's something to, to walk away feeling, well, maybe some good can come from the social credit system, maybe. But if it's just depressing, why would I want to watch it? Now, I can see why a lot of people in the so-called truth scene would love this stuff because, and just hear me out here, folks, a lot of people in the, the broader truth scene, <clears throat> pardon me, what I call the alternative conspiracy truth scene, the ACT, the act realm, alternative conspiracy truth, I call it the act realm, this broader 
area that's mostly internet-based of people with what they might call red pill views or awake views or truth views or whatever you want to call it. This broader area that we're all somehow connected to in one way or another. Let's be real here, folks. There's a lot of depressed people here. Now, don't get mad at me. This is just an observation. This is what I do at JohnTheBond.com. I give my observations. Some people agree, some disagree. Even our member Discord calls, because we have regular member calls, myself and the members of JohnTheBond.com, there are people there who disagree with me about all kinds of topics. And we can just discuss these things cordially, jovially, constructively, collegiately. There's no need to get mad or get angry, get sad. It doesn't help at all. So even some of my own members disagree with me on this particular take, but I'm going to share it with you right now. A lot of our corner of the internet is full of depressed people, and this is why they are drawn to stories about, ooh, there's going to be a World War Three, or ooh, there's a V-I-R-U-S on the loose, and did you see the people collapsing? A lot of people fell for this, folks. Uh, don't You can't memory hole me, folks. You can't memory hole me or what happened. I was there, I saw it, I documented it. I've got the documents, folks. A lot of the so-called awake people fell for the nonsense back in early 2020. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. On Reddit Conspiracy, Godlight Productions, Zero Hedge, you name it, it was happening. People falling for this idea that there was a new deadly VIRUS on the loose. And people are collapsing in China. And I was like, give me a break. NDNGH. Nobody died, nobody got hurt by some bullshit new VIRUS because some guy did bad in China. But people fell for it. And one of the reasons, I believe, one of the main reasons is because a lot of people wanted to believe that there was some kind of extinction event on the loose. A lot of people want to believe that Putin's going to drop the bomb. And why do they want to believe this? Because, in my opinion, deep down, they'd be happy to die tomorrow, as long as everybody else goes with them. They don't have it inside of them to go and end it of their own accord. But if it's ended for them by a VIRUS or by a nuclear bomb, a nuclear war, or by a comet hitting Earth, from outer space, which, by the way, space is in fact a hoax. Nobody died. Nobody got hurt by some comet from outer space or some meteor, I should say, from outer space. But the idea of an extinction event, they love it. Or a rapture of Jesus coming back or whatever. It appeals to them on, an, on, an, on a very fundamental level that they're not even conscious of. They're not even aware of that it's in them. They want the whole world to end at the same time. That way their life ends, but so does everybody else's. It... This is really why they, they are drawn to some of these doom stories. And it's also why a lot of them enjoy these depressing programmings. Because they are fundamentally depressed. They do not see the positivity. They do not see the warmth and the goodness of the world. You see, the world is full of good and bad. It must be this way. It's like yin and yang. It's like that circle with the two little teardrops, white and black, and then within them another circle that's the opposite color. And there's a word for that that escapes me. You guys all, you know what I'm talking about. There must be good and bad in the world. There must be good and bad within every person. It's the nature of things. But a lot of people just want to focus on the bad and they've forgotten the good. They're no longer interested in the good. They've lost the ability to focus on the good or try to attain the good. They focus on the bad. And then you've got these echo chambers online where people give positive reinforcement to negative tendencies and worldviews. And next thing you know, you've got some very depressed people. Now, some of them do have a good reason, at least in some sense, to be depressed. Because bad things have happened to them. One of their family members died when they were young. Or they lost their house because they lost their job through some unforeseen circumstance, such as a once-in-a-lifetime P-A-N-D-M-I-C. Or their wife left them, or their kids hate them, or they, they were never treated well at school, or they have various physical characteristics that other humans don't treat them well because of. 
There's a whole bunch of reasons. Or they got sick, they got seriously ill at some point. There's a whole bunch of reasons why people will find themselves feeling as though the world is against them. I totally understand. We've all, most of us have been through some dark times. But if someone goes through enough of these and then there are other factors involved, they can find themselves just being sad, miserable people. And the truth is, our scene has lots of these people. God love them, God bless them. This is the reality. And so it's for this reason and other reasons as well that I don't feel particularly connected to the broader act realm because even though I can see the darkness in the world, guys, if only you knew how bad things really are. I've seen some shit, guys. I have discovered some things about the world that to this day I haven't really entirely recovered from, to tell you the truth. I've seen some shit. And I'm not talking about this Q-A-N-O-N nonsense. I'm not talking about the elite P-E-D-O. No, I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about stuff that is way worse than that. I'm talking about stuff that I dare not even repeat right now. But if you've followed my work for long enough, you might have some idea what I'm talking about. If you're a member of JohnTheBond.com, you know the articles I'm talking about where I've done the research. It takes me days and days to do the research. I find the official story. I find the unofficial story. I go and find the evidence. I put it all together and I say, guys, here's what I think's going on. And once you realize, it's a black pill. It's a black pill that never really seems to be remedied. I'm afraid. So guys, I'm fully aware of the negativity. However, that being said, there's a lot to like about this world. Yes, even here in 2023, there's a lot to like and appreciate and be grateful for. So when I spend too much time around, whether it be virtually or in real life, whether it be in social media, whether it be forums or uh, discord or whatever, around the negative people who've basically given up on a better life, this is not good for me, folks. This is not good in any way, shape or form. And I do feel a lot of people, this is why they're so quick to attack one another, to accuse one another, to besmirch one another, to mistreat one another, to say nasty things about one another in this scene. It's coming from a place of darkness. It really is. And it's a great shame. But it is what it is. Okay, let's read some more comments from the live stream chat. How long have we been going, by the way, here, folks? Well, it says we've been going for almost an hour. I want to try and read some more comments from this YTV peer pressure. But let's just carry through with some of these comments that have been left in the live stream chat. Yeah, yeah, boy. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. If you're just joining us late, this is John LeBond coming to you from beautiful Pulovdiv, Bulgaria. This is the first, this is the pilot, shall we say, of what I think, you know what, the more I think about it, maybe this live stream format is for the best. It just means that I'm not going to edit out the dead air when it happens. I, you know, I can't live, I can't edit in, in a live stream, can I? And then if I need to get a drink of water or clear my throat, you're going to hear that in the background, which I apologize for. So the, the production values won't be as good as the stuff that I prepare ahead of time. Here's one I made earlier. Here's one I prepared earlier. No, this stuff is live, so it won't be as well polished. But maybe this is for the best. We get the live stream comments, and if I do this, say, every, what's today? Did I say Tuesday? If I had to do this every Tuesday, and Tuesday's a good day to do it as well, because there are different things on different days that I that I like to keep open. But a Tuesday night, this could be this could work really well. If you knew that every Tuesday, let's say from 11 p.m. local, which for you on the East Coast is 4 p.m. It'll almost be like an afternoon commute, won't it? Like an afternoon commute for those of you on the east of America, which is where about half or more. Can you believe this? Because I've got the stats. I've got the documents. I can tell based on my website. I've got analytics for that. For my YouTube, uh, YouTube gives you excellent analytics from my uh, podcast hosts and from my mailing list. I can cross-check the data, and it's all very consistent. About 50 
to almost 60% of the people who visit my website or check out my podcast or watch my videos, about 50 to almost 60% are American, which is crazy to me. Because when I first started, my first podcast was very Australia-centric. And I was living in Australia, and I did grow up in Australia, of course. I am technically an Australian, technically, officially, legally. And maybe spiritually, I mean, man, I, I miss cricket. I want to go and play some cricket. I dream about playing sport. I dream about I miss, I miss sport so much. And my two favorite sports to play, football, Australian football, and cricket. I do miss them. I really do. Anyhow, the point of my story is, oh, yes, the Americans. So that's why if you're ever like, JLB, how come you always talk about the U.S. East Coast time? Well, because everyone in America, no matter where they are, knows. If I say 1 p.m. Eastern, they know what time it is in their part of the world. And... 50% or more of the people who consume this content, JLB content I'm talking about, are based in America. So if I was to do it at 11 p.m. local, and the other benefit too, if I do that, that'll be the morning commute for those of you in Australia. That'll be 8 p.m. Eastern time. Sorry, 8 a.m. I should say. Australian time, Wednesday morning. Guys, I think we're going to do it. What do you think? Let me know in the live stream chat. What do you think about this? 11 p.m. local, which is a little bit late, I will confess, but I'm generally awake at this time anyway. If I was to do a show 11 p.m. my time, that'll be 9 p.m. in England, that'll be 4 p.m. U.S. Eastern, 8 a.m. the next day, Australia. I think this is perfect, actually. Let's do it, guys. I'm going to do this show again Tuesday next week. So put it in your calendar, put it in your diary. I might send out some uh, emails or something to let people know. Let's do it. And let's see if we can get up to a, a regular, consistent audience. Back when I was doing live shows a couple of years ago, we were getting, I think, close to 100 live viewers, maybe 120 at one point, I think, towards the end of that particular season. I tend to do seasons. I'll do a show for, say, 10, 12 weeks, and then I'll move on to something else. But this time around, I think I'll I'll stick with it. And the reason I was doing that was because I was moving around so much, and I couldn't commit to something long-term, but I've got a lovely little apartment here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria, with a view over the river, and I quite like this little apartment. And the neighbors can't, if I broadcast, the neighbors can't hear me. The walls are pretty thick. There's no one living above me because above me is my bedroom. I've got a two-bedroom, two-floor apartment. Behind me is the hallway. So the only people who could possibly be disturbed by this are the neighbors across from me. And I can never hear anything they do uh, when I'm in this living room. So I can afford to broadcast here late at night. I'm not going to bother anybody. I think this is the way to go, folks. Put it in. Pencil it into your diaries. Uh, the time that I just said earlier. 4 p.m. U.S. Eastern, Tuesday afternoon. 8 a.m. Australian Eastern, Wednesday morning. This will be the JLB No Poll Review. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a new thread every week to use as a basis for conversation. And I will read through some of the replies to that thread on Conspiracy No Poll. And I'll read your live stream comments. I think this could be the way to go, folks. I think this could be the way to go. Let me know what you think in the comments section below. All righty. Just want to read a couple more of the comments from the live stream chat. Let's see here. So I just read Sean Hamer's comment about how servile people are with the Netflix binge watching, and that got me off into a 10-minute tangent. That's the way these things tend to go. Media Bear says, I agree 100% extreme demoralization, deprogramming. I read that one before. Mike G from Portland, the poet from Portland, says that he does not watch TV. That doesn't surprise me, Mike. Does not surprise me at all. Dirty Benny says, hi, JLB. Television is a weapon. Sigil magic. Hello to Dirty Benny. Dirty Benny has been leaving comments on my content now for... Must be at least five years, Dirty Benny. 
I think Dirty Benny is a regular fakeologist. Hey, you know, Dirty Benny, I'm going to be on fakeologist tonight. This is a one-off. I'm going to go and uh, visit fakeologist. I haven't chatted with him for a while. That's going to be at two o'clock. Did I say two o'clock? Or did I say one o'clock my time? Can't remember now. <laughs> Hab's going to get there at three o'clock. No, he's going to get there at two o'clock his time. Just bear with me here, folks. He normally starts at 9 p.m. his time. No, 3 o'clock. Oh, boy. That's why I had my second cup of coffee today. That's right. So from 3 o'clock US... No, from 3 o'clock Plovdiv time. So that's going to be 8 p.m. US Eastern. I'll be live at Fakeologist. And we'll have a little catch up and get together, me and him. So I hope you enjoy that. So St. Joe is in the room. Hello, St. Joe. Tinkle Tink says that Alex Jones is not a good person. Sorry. Tinkle Tink, that might be the case. It might be the case Alex Jones is not a good person. I don't know. It might be the case that his persona is not helping the cause of good or of truth. That might be the case. That's up to you to decide, obviously. Even if those things are true, if somebody like Media Bear can go on their show for 15 minutes, talk about the parody songs that they're producing, and get their work out to a wider audience, I see this as a cool thing, a good thing. And I'll tell you this right now for free. I get a call or a message from Alex Jones' producer tomorrow, and they're like, hey, we were just checking out your hoax hierarchy, your painted to JLB hoax hierarchy. We want to get you on the show, which, by the way, can't happen because there's an item on the hoax hierarchy that is uh, verboten. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that they said, no, we're going to get you on the show. Uh, are you free on Friday at um, 9 p.m. your time? I'd be like, you want to you wanna bet you I'll be there at 9 p.m. my time? Let's go on the show right now. And I'd go on the show. I'd be polite to Alex. I'd be like, hey, Alex... Years ago, I saw your thing where you went into that uh, Bohemian Grove thing. That was pretty funny, blah, blah, blah. Be a nice guest, be positive, be cordial. And then when Alex is like, and I can't do his voice, especially this time of night. But if he, I'm not going to try and impersonate him. I, I'm not good at impersonations at the best of times. But if he was like, so you've got this hoax hierarchy, and it says here that you think that dinosaurs are fake, tell us about this. So I'd be like, well, Alex, I'm glad you asked. And I'd start talking about it. Now, if someone comes to me and says, oh, no, no, no. If you do that, that means that you're a patient. I'm like... You are entitled to your retarded views. Like, don't waste my time with them, okay? I've I've been dealing with the Redax for eight years now, and I love and respect you as human beings, but my time is finite, and I don't want your negative bullshit energy around me. Please unsubscribe from uh, this YouTube channel, is what I would say. That's what I'd say. I'm being quite serious. I don't need that. Guys, I've dealt with the Redax of this scene for too long, and anybody who says words to the effect of, if you go on Alice Jones, or if you go on Joe Rogan, or if you go on Sam Tripoli, or if you if you do this thing, then you are evil when it comes to going on different people's shows. I'm like, you are entitled to that opinion. I'm not going to try and change your mind. Please get the hell away from me. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Or words to that effect. So, DRECVR6 says, hey, JLB, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, DRECVR6. Today is day... What are we up to now? Day 16. Day 16 of complete sobriety, apart from caffeine. I did have two coffees today. And I don't drink coffee that often. So caffeine does affect me more than most people, or more than regular coffee drinkers, I should say. But I'm feeling good, and the weather has been pretty poor, but we had an excellent November and December. The weather was relatively fantastic. So if I have to now put up with some bad weather for a couple of months, that's I'm, I'm happy to take that deal, because last year the winter was just dreary, depressing, it was terrible. This winter so far, we haven't even had any snow. The forecast is for snow in two days, and it has gotten pretty cold. And the weather has been overcast the last few days, which does affect me. But uh, no, overall, things are good here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. 
The website's going very well, johnthebond.com. I've been producing a lot of content the last uh, week or two, which I'm very happy about. The JLB Discord's going very well. We've got a good thing going at johnthebond.com, which I'm very happy about. In my personal life, things are good. I feel like I've been productive, and I really have nothing to complain about that I can think of. Mm, no. No, no, I can't think of anything. Um, no, I've got nothing. I've got nothing to offer you. Something, something bad is bound to happen. That's life. Eventually, I'm going to be walking somewhere. I'm going to slip over, hurt my leg, and I'll be pissed off about that. Or I will. I mean, something bad's bound to happen eventually. That's the nature of these things. But for now, for now, things are good. Things are good, and we're already past the halfway mark of the winter. At least, you know astronomically speaking. So I'm already feeling optimistic about when the springtime gets here and, yeah, I'm feeling good. Nothing to complain about. Yeah, I hope that answers your question. And how are you? You tell me, uh, DRECVR6, you tell me, how are things? Now, Daniel Morris says that Alex Jones is like Joe Rogan, a gatekeeper. That's fair enough. The thing is, I'd love to know what the word gatekeeper means because there are certain topics. Suppose someone came and joined me right now from the JLB member Discord. Because right now I'm in the Discord. Someone can come and join me right now. In fact, there might even be people there. Let me have a look. Nope, there's no one there. If someone was to come and join me right now, suppose I started bringing up certain topics, like a certain school shooting, for argument's sake. I'd be like, hey, bro, bro, don't talk about that. That's how my last channel got deleted. Now, does that make me a gatekeeper? Because I don't talk about that event anymore, at least on my public material. And because I would stop others from talking about it on my show, does that make me a gatekeeper? On some definitions, yes, it would. So what is a gatekeeper? You know who I think the biggest gatekeepers are? The people who won't even create their own channels or podcasts and share their own opinions with the world, right? So anyone who accuses others of being a gatekeeper, I'm like, cool, where's your YouTube channel where you tell the truth? Where's your podcast? Where's your website? Do you go on camera and share your views publicly? No, you don't. Are you gatekeeping yourself? Maybe you are. Now, I've got no problem with that, by the way. I think it is sensible to not do this stuff. If I could go back eight or nine years and have a chat with a 25-year-old version of myself, there's a good chance that I would advise him that there are other things he can do with his life than the path that he that I went down. You see what I'm trying to say? I wouldn't try and talk him out of doing what he wanted to do. I know what I'm like. If I have my mind set on something, I'm probably going to do it. But I would feel it would be remiss of me not to say to him, hey, bro, I've done what you're about to do. Let me go through the pros and the cons with you. And if you still want to do it, go for it. If you don't want to do it, at least you've got that information in your hands. So the people who don't create channels or don't go on camera and speak about these topics, I say, good, that's probably a smart decision. But you can't then turn around and call other people gatekeepers because you are the gatekeeper. You are gatekeeping yourself. Don't be a hypocrite. We're all hypocritical to some extent, but it is worth working on that. If you are not, if you're going to gatekeep yourself, don't accuse others of gatekeeping. This is the way I see things. I'm pretty passionate about these topics, as you can tell. Alrighty, what else we got here? Benton says, glad you aren't drinking. I finally quit caffeine too. Yeah, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to quit caffeine anytime soon. I have quit it before, and yes, I did notice benefits. There are certain negative consequences to drinking caffeine, but I think for me personally, and maybe this is a caffeine addict speaking, although I think one day, one coffee a day is an addiction, is it? I just enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I enjoy getting to the cafe, sitting down, ordering my latte, mostly Edna latte, and I sit down and I drink my coffee especially on cold days like today. It takes me 15 minutes to walk to the cafe. All right. So by the time I get there, I'm a little bit frozen. Get in there, sit down. They bring my latte. And I, well, sometimes they bring the latte. Some cafes you have to go and get it yourself, but that's, you know, welcome to Bulgaria. So I sit down with my latte 
and that first couple of sips, mmm, oh boy, it warms my, it warms my heart, it warms my spirit, it makes me feel good. And like I said to you, I only have one, one a day, sometimes two, but usually only one. So the caffeine really hits me, I feel good, I feel like I'm ready to do some work, boy I love it. So yes, you can tell me the caffeine's bad for you, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm probably not going to quit the caffeine anytime soon. Alright, who else is in the live stream chat? Quite a few numbers or names I should say that I've seen before, but some that I haven't. Quite interesting. So Eccentric Views is in the room and he says, hello, Sam. Why is he calling me Sam? I'm John LeBon. He says, hello, Sam. Hello, Eccentric Views. How are things down there? In Eccentric Views is a lovely fellow. I've been and visited him quite a few times down there in Melbourne. And I've stayed at his place a couple of times and uh, had a good time hanging out with him talking all kinds of mad nonsense about the shape of the Earth and other topics. We even made a little visit to the International Space Station once upon a time. I know you're not going to believe me, and that's very good. I like the skepticism. I'll show you some evidence in just a moment, and you can make up your own mind if I'm talking nonsense. Daniel Morris says that podcast... Let me read this again. Podcasting isn't for everyone. What do you mean? What does that mean? What do you mean by that? What does that mean? Podcasting isn't for everyone. The only people who can say that, and I'm going to say fair enough, are people with really terrible voices, which is like what? A small percentage of the population have terrible voices. You don't need a strong, booming voice to be a podcaster. I do not have a strong, booming voice, and yet I podcast, and people listen to me. And many people say they like listening to me, not just the content, but the way that I speak. And I'm like, really? My voice? They're like, sure. We think you've got a great voice for radio. And I'm like, I don't think so. I do not think so. My voice is neither deep nor smooth nor booming enough to be a proper... Like some guys just have it. Just, there's a small percentage of the population they just have a beautiful voice for podcasting. I do not. And yet here I am podcasting. Now, there's a small percentage of people who do have really terrible voices. So, okay, fair enough. But what's stopping you in that case from writing articles? What's stopping you from... Start- a website costs almost nothing to create. What's stopping you from doing that? Now, people will come back and say to me, oh, I'm too busy. Okay, fine. You're gatekeeping you, though. So those of us who do go on camera and share our opinions, you can accuse us of being gatekeepers, but you're a hypocrite beyond imagination. And really, it's pathetic and sad. And most people don't see it this way because they've never really thought about it. They've never really thought through the accusations that they throw at other people. That's the problem. People just get into these hive minds of, he's a shoe, she's a shoe, He's a gatekeeper, and it's like, who, the, who, who are you, Bob? Who are you? Do you have a channel? Do you have a podcast? Do you have an art? Do you, does anyone know who you are? No, so you're gatekeeping yourself. You've got all these great opinions and all this great research you've done. Uh, who, who are you? Hmm, that's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Alrighty. Tinkle Tinkle says the shape of the earth. Yes, Tinkle Tinkle, there are some people, this is going to blow your mind, who no longer believe that we live on a giant spinning ball spinning on its axis, hurtling around the sun, and then hurtling through space at ungodly speeds. Some of us used to believe that, and we no longer do. That might blow your mind. And if that's the case, if you still think you live on a giant spinning ball, spinning on its axis once a day, orbiting around the sun once a year, once every 365 days or thereabouts, and hurtling through space as part of the Milky Way galaxy, if you still believe that, that's cool, you're welcome to believe that, But boy, have you got some catching up to do. My goodness gracious me, you're seven years behind the game. 
almost eight years behind the game. Luckily for you, there's JohnLeBond.com with many free resources to help you question what you think you know. That's the whole point of all of this. I want to question what I think I know. And every few months, I'm discovering something new where I'm like, holy crap, why didn't I think of that? How have I believed this particular thing for so long? And then I discover that I was brainwashed and I just hadn't quit. It's very difficult to undo programming, especially if you have no one else there who is going through the same process as you are. Very difficult. Because you don't realize all the programs in your mind about who you think you are, where you think you're from, what you think this place is, who you think the people at the top are, these kinds of topics. How the world works, where it's headed, why it's headed there, etc. We've got all this programming in our minds, thousands and thousands, if not millions of lines of code, to make a rough analogy. And to debug all of that, to undo all of that. Very difficult, folks. I'm still doing it now. I've been doing this for eight or nine years. I've still got... Still got more to go, no doubt about it, no question. Yeah, yeah, boy, goodness gracious me. Okie dokie. Eccentric view, oh, that's right. I know what his reference is to now. He thinks I'm Sam Worthington. Now, where did he get that from? Because I can tell you right now, I'm not as handsome as Sam Worthington. Where did you get the Sam, where did this Sam Worthington thing come from? Eccentric views, explain it to me. Anyhow, I need to get on with this uh, subreddit, this no poll subreddit. Let's just read a couple more comments. I'll wrap this one up at... We'll wrap it up to say 10 minutes. So 010% says, while I don't think most individual users have any ill motives on these apps, I think a lot of content is mindless. I love Reddit because you can find any group about any topic, but some subs seem hive-minded, as a lot of you probably know. YouTube and TikTok are mostly mindless. Most of the content doesn't seem like it has malicious intent, though the apps themselves might serve as data collection tools. YouTube, let me read this again. YouTube has its propaganda channels, but you can simply not watch these. The one thing that bothers me about YouTube is its targeted ads and that it constantly harasses you to subscribe to a plan. I think there's good and bad with them though. There's good and bad with them though. I don't touch Facebook or Twitter because they seem very toxic and I don't feel like sharing my life with the internet. This is a very interesting comment. So I'll just speak from my perspective. I started the YouTube channel back in 2000. Well, we started the podcast on YouTube in 2014. So that is the best part of a decade ago. Then I created a separate YouTube channel, never expecting that it would lead me to effectively travel the world and now find myself in Eastern Europe in a little city that most people have never heard of. Most people have never heard of this city and will never get within 500 kilometers of this city. Most people. I never thought that YouTube would play a role in all of that, but it has. And I'm very grateful for what YouTube has provided me with and... and the opportunities that have come as a result of doing this, the people I've met through doing this, even before I left Australia, I met literally dozens of people through YouTube, people who found my channel, emailed me. Next thing you know, I'm hanging out with them for a day or for an evening, for a weekend even, some people. that invite me to hang out with them and sometimes with their families and what have you. Man, some of the experiences that I've got as a result of creating a YouTube channel, amazing. You've got to bear in mind, though, that I started in the before times. Back in 2014, 15, it wasn't censored like it is now. It was such a different... The YouTube of today and the YouTube of back then, all they have in common is the name and the fact that they display videos. Apart from that, almost everything else is different. From the way the comments work, to the way the thumbs up and thumbs down work, to the way that the algorithms work. It's all different now, folks. In the censorship, of course. All completely different now. Sometimes I wonder, what must it be like if you just got into the scene in the last couple of years? You don't know how the truth scene used to be back in the day. 
I don't want to say this because it kind of sounds condescending, but it is the truth. Guys, you missed out. It was different back then. It was, it was so good. It's almost hard to believe that that's what we had, but we did. It was amazing. It really was. Um, yeah, the good old days, folks. That's how I got sucked into all of this because things were so good back then. It was a different time, a different place. And then as for Twitter, I didn't use Twitter up until maybe 18 months ago, just over. And then I discovered a lady named Human Vibration and her friends Murph and A's, A-Y-Z, and a guy called Rambo. And there was a few others as well. And what it seems to me like at the time was that Twitter wasn't being censored the way that YouTube was. It seemed like Twitter was still kind of like the old Wild West that we had back in the day on YouTube. They were able to discuss things that on Twitter that we couldn't discuss on YouTube anymore. So I was like, okay. I'll start a Twitter account. In fact, I still had a Twitter. I started one years ago. I just never used it. So I, I reactivated it and I started using it. And it's now up to about, I think, 1,500 followers. But, man, I can tweet something. And my average tweet will only get five, maybe 10 likes. The the extreme, like the top 5% of my tweets might get maybe 20 likes. Do you know what I mean? A couple of retweets. So a lot of these follower numbers, and this is true not just on Twitter, I think on all the major social media platforms, they're fake. They're fake. They're just, they're not real. I don't have 1,500 followers on Twitter. I might have a 100, maybe. Maybe a couple hundred. Same with YouTube. It says I've got, what does it say? How many subscribers does it say? I've got 3,000, I think. Let's check. Where does it say my follower list? Let's go and find it out. Where's my follower list? Uh, oh, yeah. It says 4,000. It says I've got 4,200 subscribers. That's not real. If I upload a video, it'll get... If I don't promote it on other platforms, if I just upload it to YouTube, it'll get maybe 500 views. Maybe. Some of the better ones... I do have some videos that have tens of thousands, but but generally speaking, you're looking at 500 to 1,000 views. Okay, so this 4,000 is not... And a lot of those views are not real views. They're just people who had auto-loaded or something. They watch five seconds and click away. So really, you're talking in the low hundreds of views. So where's the other 4,000? I put to you... Many of them do not exist, okay? Now, that's not because I went and bought fake subscribers. You don't have to buy fake subscribers. You can if you want. It does help, I believe. You don't have to. The fake, the bots will just subscribe to your channel, I believe. Not just my channel. I think channels in general, you see? So the point of my story is I went and got a Twitter. I went and used Twitter. And I still think Twitter is pretty cool, but I don't spend much time on there these days. I did a little bit the first half of last year. But these days, I'm really not. I think last month I maybe made 10 tweets, maybe. Might have been less. Might have been five tweets or something like that. They've got pretty good analytics on Twitter. So yeah, so I use Reddit as John LeBon. I use YouTube as John LeBon. And I use Twitter as John LeBon. I don't have a TikTok, although I did install it to check it out last year. And was it the year before? Time's gone by so fast. And yeah, I stopped using it after like 10 minutes, I think. I could see, I was like, man, this is... <sighs> could you imagine being a child growing up with this stuff? They're not going to make it, folks. NGMI. And I know that some of your parents and your kids have TikTok. And you're like, oh, no, but as long as I explain to little Billy and little Susie and... Yeah, no, it's they're not going to make it, period. I'm sorry to be the one to have to tell you this, you know, but it's just a fact. And you know it deep down. You know it deep down. There's no way those kids are ever going to have an attention span similar to what yours was when you were their age. And it's not just TikTok, but this is one of the more obvious examples of it. These things, if you didn't know better, you think were designed to redact the masses. Okay, they can't pay attention. It's really quite phenomenal, folks. It really is. So... Yeah, if you have children and you've allowed them to have a smartphone and TikTok and these other apps, I'm not saying it makes you a bad parent at all. I'm just saying 
your kids will not ever develop an attention span the way that you did. This could be a good thing or a bad. There's an argument. This is a good thing. There's a Brave New World style argument. You see, most people have never read that book. Everybody's heard of it. But what, to actually get a copy of it and to sit there and read it? Ugh. Have to sit there and read a book? I'm too busy watching Netflix, of course. I'm too busy to read the fucking book. Yeah, of course. I know. I get it. But if you read the book, you realize that Huxley was not warning of a dystopian future. What he was doing, whether it was him who wrote the book or somebody else, what he was doing, and I think this is a very fair interpretation of the book, was exploring the pros and the cons of what's to come. Because whether we like it or not, it is coming. Maybe some people are better off just being at the bottom of society and not having an attention span, not having internal voices, not having real hopes and dreams, just floating through life, medicated, distracted. What the hell is wrong with that? There's a very strong case to be made. And boy, have we got an Epsilon class coming through right now, my friends. Oh, yes. They can watch a TikTok video for two minutes, and that's, a, that's about the extent of their attention. And they're doing this when they're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. What, and you think they're going to just grow out of that? Oh, boy. Anyway, we, uh, we're fast getting towards the end of this uh, live stream. I'll just read a few more comments from the live stream chat. About 25 people watching live right now all around the world. Yeah, yeah, boy. Tominoid says, Heath Ledger still in Bulgaria. Yes, there's a guy on Twitter. This is serious, folks. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see if I can find it. I'll open it up. I posted this in one of the channels on the JLB Discord. Let me just go and find this. Just bear with me here, folks. Yes, I put it in the Conspiratard Venting channel on the JLB Discord. There's all different channels on the JLB Discord, and there's one dedicated to Conspiratard Venting. Now, take a look at this. I only found this guy. I think he added me, or I don't know what the hell happened, but somehow I found this dude a few days ago. This is what he wrote. Check this out. Melissa Mathis, that is Miles Mathis, who this guy is, I guess, suggesting is a TR4NS. Miles Mathis is oddly pushing the Bob Geldof divorce psyop on the fake life and absurd fake death of Heath Ledger, who, in my opinion, is now Agent John LeBon. Miles will tell you they're all Jewish, but everyone mentioned is elite TR4NS gender. So just in this short tweet from January 20, this individual has accused Miles Mathis of being a TR4NS. He has said that Heath Ledger faked his death. He has said that I am Heath Ledger. And that everyone who Miles talks about is TR4NS. And the whole J-double-O thing is just a distraction. That is a very... Uh, what's the word for it? That's a very claim-dense... You know, as far as claims go, he's got he's got four or five major claims in there in the space of one tweet. And, uh, yeah, Heath Le- I think Heath Ledger was a little bit taller than me. Certainly had a much nicer voice than me. Hey, go back and watch 10 Things I Hate About You, which is the first Heath Ledger film that comes to mind because I think that was the first Heath Ledger film that I saw. I don't think I saw any other Heath Ledger films other than The Joker or whatever it is, the Batman one that it was in. What other Heath Ledger films have I seen? 10 Things I Hate About You which is very popular when I was a, a young man, a very young man. And from, from memory, I kind of, you know, of course it was cheesy and it was aimed at teenagers, but kind of, uh, kind of a sweet film from memory. I haven't gone back and rewatched it in 20 years, I guess. But from memory, it was kind of a cool film and had a good soundtrack as well. Man, it's a shame that I'm completely sober at the moment because if I got drunk and high enough, I could watch that film and enjoy it for nostalgia's sake. 
I, I can't watch films like that unless I've uh, inebriated myself. And even then I struggle to watch them. But that'd be funny to go back and rewatch. Ten Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger and whoever that girl was. And of course he was, he played an Australian in that film, didn't he? Like he wasn't just an Australian actor, he played an Australian. Like, you know, the weird Australian who went to an American high school and, uh, yes. So yeah, I, I appreciate the comparisons to Heath Ledger. I actually appreciate that comparison. But no, not Heath Ledger. As far as I know, because it's possible they took Heath Ledger, um, mo- removed him from the, you know, the official story from the, the main play. Reprogrammed him MK Ultra style as this John the Bond guy and released him into the wild back in 2000, you know, whenever he died. That's po- maybe I'm Heath Ledger. I seriously doubt it. I would put the chances at. I think there's a better chance of me winning the lottery and I don't even buy lottery tickets. But as far as conspiratard fantasizing or theorizing goes, the different ideas people come up with, this one. This one's kind of entertaining. I don't mind it. But yeah, so that's why somebody in the live stream chat mentioned me being Heath Ledger. Now, let's see. Daniel Morris says, but you admit that you are an agent. Well, I'm not just an agent. I'm a super agent. I am super agent John LeBon, the brain of the apocalypse. Yes, but that's not an admission. That is, what's the word for it? That's just telling you how it is. That's not a secret. It shouldn't be a secret anyhow. I'm super agent John LeBon, brain of the apocalypse. And I'm here to reveal to the world what's really going on. But it takes a long time, folks. It takes a long time. I've got my own deprogramming to do. And then when I discover something, I share it with my audience, either publicly or privately on JohnLeBond.com. And then bit by bit, piecemeal, I undo the programming. But there's still more to go. So I'm slowly but surely dropping clues about what's really happening here insofar as I understand it. But there's still a long way to go. Still a long, long way to go. I don't know how long to go. Hopefully, guys, if, if I haven't figured it all out and shed all by the time I'm 40, hopefully by then I've found other ways to keep myself occupied and I go and do something else in my life. I th- I'm coming up in a decade of doing this, guys. This is a lot longer than I ever planned. You know what I mean? I never planned it like this. This is just how it's all panned out. And I'm not complaining. I'm very grateful, as I said at the start of the presentation of this recording, of this live stream. But uh, there's got to be more to life than reading this kind of absolute nonsense and there's so much of this in the scene you get so much negativity folks doing what i do and i'm not complaining because it comes with the territory you get all the good that comes with it you get so much positive support and praise and uh, glowing endorsements and positive energy from people all around the world i've been to estonia and met somebody who i met through all of this i met him in real life i met his family i met his friends i hung out with them for a long time it was awesome that's the kind of thing that money can't buy. I've done the same thing in England. I've done the same thing in Australia a couple of times. I've got to meet some awesome people. And I'm very grateful. So that's the good. That's part of the good that comes with this. But the ne- there's so many people in the broader act realm are completely hopeless, as I explained earlier. And are these the kinds of people you want to be mixing with, even if it's just through pixels on a screen? I don't think so, folks. I don't think so. So I would like to think that by a certain point, I'll have done enough, said enough, researched enough, produced enough, shared enough that I can ride off into the sunset and say, folks, if you want to contact me, here's my email address. Beyond that, I wish you all very well. If I get to your part of the world, let's hang out for a coffee or a frothy. If you come to my part of the world, let's hang out for a coffee or a frothy. None of that will change. But in terms of spending hours of my life doing this, I would like to believe that at a certain point, enough will be enough. But you never know, folks. Maybe I'll be a 55-year-old man with a long-ass white grey beard 
sitting there on some yoga mat somewhere out in the woods and I'll be like, Super Asian John LeBon here. This is episode number 1,333 of the John LeBon podcast. And today we're talking about the conspiratards on TikTok. Or whatever the hell is popular by then, I don't know. So guys, it is time to wrap it up. I do apologize to those of you who left comments in this thread. Why does everyone want me to watch TV? When I return, whatever thread I pick, I will try to read like at least a dozen different comments. And there were some excellent comments in this thread. There's a link to this thread in the show notes. I recommend you go and check them out there. Lizard Queen wrote, there's legitimately good TV out there. Yeah, that's fair enough. I actually asked them, can you give some examples? They said The Sopranos and Frontline. The Sopranos, that's from like, what, 20, 25 years ago? I don't know. Oliver Garden Gambler wrote that, to, to be honest, it's more that TV is the only form of entertainment they know. He's talking about the normies here. By entertainment, I mean anything that you enjoy consuming or doing for fun. Because a hobby is stuff that you make or complete for fun. So he's making a distinction between entertainment and the hobby, which is a good distinction to have, I think. Let me just read a few more of these comments. It would be remiss of me not to do that. Injured Coldwave wrote, It is exactly the same with the family. We're talking here about TV. Why do they pressure you to watch TV? Why do you feel like an outcast if you do not watch TV? Injured Coldwave writes, It is exactly the same with my family because I don't own a TV and haven't for over a decade. Pressure to conform comes from all sides. It is just a part of life. Being a true individual will always be an uphill battle. Even people who love you will pressure you to conform. It is just human nature. 100% on point. Injured Coldwave. Typical of Injured Coldwave's comments. That's the thing, folks. You start to recognize usernames when you use these subreddits. You start to recognize the same usernames and you start to build an idea of what this person believes, why they believe it. And even though it's all just text-based, there is, to some extent, almost like a community element on Conspiracy Nightfall. Some people do just come and go and there's lots of blow-ins from other, sub- from other subreddits and what have you. There's lots of people who sort of, you, you don't get to know them very well, but there's a regular group there and most of them are not members of JohnLeBond.com. It's a separate group. Which I appreciate because I've got the JohnLeBond.com community, which obviously means a lot to me. It's good to have this other group who are also largely media fakery aware, but it's a different kind of community. It's good to have my feet. What's the expression? It's good to have both of those things going on, I think. But there is some overlap between John LeBond and the, uh, the No Pulse subreddit, of course, as you would expect. Hackman Jones says you just need to find the right shows if you're going to watch TV. Also, one needs to understand it's all fiction and it is not real life. I don't think there is anything inherently wrong with escaping reality. It just becomes a problem when the lines start to blur. So Hackman Jones, I think, is basically saying, look, there's some decent TV. It's not a big problem uh, necessarily, which I think is a fair enough call. John QK wrote, coming from your friends, it's probably coming from a sincere place. He's referring to what the OP wrote about how they're saying. Let's go back up to this here. For those of you watching at home, of course, this is an audio as well. So for those of you who are listening... It might be harder to follow, but I'm doing my best to give the context where necessary here. So remember that the OP, Lily, wrote that his friends and family are telling him, just to veg out, bro, relax. Like, you're thinking too much, man. Just watch some TV. Come and watch a movie. Just relax. Which leads to the inference that he's probably talking to them too much about some of these more, shall we say, controversial or esoteric topics. They're basically saying, hey, bro, relax, chill out, come watch some TV. So what John QK is saying is that, and let me just clear my throat here, pardon me. What John QK is saying is that coming from your friends, it's probably coming from a sincere place. They probably just want to share in the shared experience of two people having watched the same shows. Also, it feels good and they like you. So they recommend you do the thing that feels good. 
See, it's not in what John QK is saying is it doesn't come from a bad place. There's, there's not some. It's not necessarily problematic, or even a bad thing that they're trying to encourage you to be more like them. This is just what humans do. It's not. It's kind of coming. It could be coming from a good place actually. John QK says, "I wouldn't worry about their motives. Most importantly, I wouldn't try to explain to them or protect them from it." There is no way that any one of us would be able to come up with the right set of words to undo something as powerful and addictive as TV. Spot on the money. I have been doing this for nine years, folks. And even I do not pretend that I can or believe that I can or tell myself that I can or tell others that I can undo other people's programming about anything. I'll give you just one example. I did some research and I released the material about this both publicly and privately. I had the documents, had it all lined up, ready to go for people to find out, to read or to listen through what I had. And the topic was ultrasound, neonatal ultrasound. That is the so-called sonography they do on, or the sonograms that they use on babies who are growing in the womb, which most people, even most of you watching or listening to this right now, still believe that this is harmless and or beneficial for the baby. Neither of those things are true at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. If only you knew how bad things really were, folks. If only you knew. Now, I can present my evidence, and it's undeniable. And I can present my logic, and it all makes sense. It all follows from start to finish. What I'm presenting, it's indisputable. If you take the time to look at the evidence, look at the logic, think through it, look at what you see around you, it all makes perfect sense, folks. And you don't need my research to do it. You can just do your own research. You will come to the conclusion. There's only one conclusion to come to. And I can say all of this. I can present what I've got. And even some of the most intelligent people I know will ignore it, either externally or internally, because, and there's a number of reasons why, but because, to some extent, the reason because is we've all been programmed to believe that ultrasound is good and beneficial and harmless or relatively harmless. And because in our frameworks, there's no space for Oh, they're redacting the babies in the womb. There's no space for that. We've got other reasons to explain why the masses are so foolish. Oh, it's because of TV. It's because of school. It's because of J-I-B-B-I-E-S. It's because of the food. It's because We've got all these reasons. So our heads are full of this programming, some of which may be true, may not. There's no room for, actually, it's the radiation that's being beamed into the womb. And people are like, oh, it's not, it's not radiation, J-I-B, it's sound. No, that's what they call it, to fool you. That's what they call it. It's just advertising. It's just marketing. There's no sound. Nothing can hear this. Literally nothing in the world can hear ultrasound. Okay? It's not sound. They just call it that. It is, in fact, radiation, and the FDA website fully admits that. They just call it non-ionizing radiation. Oh, like the radiation that comes from your Wi-Fi router. Oh, it's like that. Except, unlike your router, it is focused. It's not just beaming all around your house or all around your neighbor's houses, it is focused to a small little dot and it is beamed into the womb, into an amniotic sac, into liquid. So you walk past a a cage of fish, a fish tank, you don't tap on the glass, do you? I should hope not. And why don't you tap on the glass? Because what happens with sound and water, folks? What happens with sound and water? What happens with vibration and water? You see, the radiation is vibration. It's not sound in the traditional sense, but it is vibrations. Radiation and vibrations. And you beam that into an amniotic sac, into a, the womb of a baby that's still developing. What do you think is going to happen? 
Oh, it's harmless, Shelby. Anyway, I want to get sidetracked on that, even though I'm very passionate about that particular topic. I'm using this one example of how even awake people, smart people, people who've done a lot of deep programming already, some of the most intelligent people I know don't really want to go down that particular rabbit hole. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. My point being that if I can't even convince some of the smartest people I know to remove those lines of code from their brain, then why would I pretend to believe or imagine that I can do that with anybody else? I can't. I cannot. I don't want to even. I just present my evidence, present my logic. When I write articles, it forces me to be very methodical in what I do, and then that article is there for years to come. So this is how I do my research. Other people do their research by listening to things, reading things, and then that's it. Me, when I'm trying to learn something, for instance, when I'm trying to learn Bulgarian, I don't just read how to learn Bulgarian. I sit there and I write, and I come back and I revise, and I try to put together my own sentences. That's what the content creation is for me. This is a way for me to maximize my own learning. But I don't do it under the assumption I'm going to change anything. I don't do it on the assumption I'm going to change one person's mind or life. And if someone comes back to me and says, Joe B, I agree with you about the nuclear bombs, I agree about the dinosaurs, but I went and got my baby ultrasounded because I think it's for the best. I'm like, that's cool. You're the parent. You've got to do what you think is best. Doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't bother me. Because I know how bad things really are, folks. And, uh, well, once you know, you know. There's nothing to worry about anymore, folks. There's nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be just fine. I really believe that. I still have the faith. Praise Keck Chatelet. Alrighty, so... Um, I would love to read more comments on Facebook. We need to wrap this up. I'll read a couple more comments from the from the NoPoll subreddit. Link to this in the info box below. I will be doing one of these next week. So go along, join the Conspiracy NoPoll subreddit, leave your comments in different threads, and your comment might appear on next week's show. All right, a couple more comments from the live stream chat. About 30 people watching live right now. It's fluctuated between 20 and 32 all night. Let's have a look here. What are people saying? Let's just take one more look. Maze Paintings says, is Sferage still in Romania? I don't know. I never met up with him. I never contacted him. I've had no correspondence with him. If he was ever back in Romania, because I want to go and visit Romania, not in the winter. I don't want to do any traveling in the winter, to be honest with you. But once the weather gets warm again, I would love to, I mean, I would love to travel in the winter to Asia or to Australia or get the hell out of Europe. But in terms of Europe, I have no interest in traveling while it's winter. I might as well just stay here. But once it gets warmer again, I would love to go and visit Romania. It's not that far from here. And if Sverige was in town, I would love to meet up with him and uh, buy him some dinner or buy him a drink or something. He probably doesn't drink, but you know what I'm trying to say. I'd love to meet up with him. It'd be great. Not that I'm a Sverige fan. I really don't know that much about the guy, but he clearly has quite a following and he is an independent man. He, he does his own thing. I respect that. Even if I don't agree with all of his takes, I like a man who just forges his own path. Just says, here's what I believe, here's why I believe it, and does his own thing. I respect that. So I'd love to meet the guy. But no, I, have, I have no idea if he's still in Romania. I have no idea whatsoever. Uh, let's see. Zintrax says, a lot of inactive and bot accounts. No doubt about that, Zintrax. Zintrax, I'm sure you... Zintrax is his own YouTube channel. I might go and see if I can find it. I'll put a link to his YouTube in the comments in the info box below. Is there a way that I can link to his channel? Oh, it doesn't work this way. No, it doesn't work. Well, anyway, Zintrax has his own YouTube channel, and he does some amazing work. He has, uh, I think he has 10, 10 or 20,000 subscribers. And he probably has noticed the same thing, that it says 10 or 20,000 subscribers, but it's just not. Once you, once you are a YouTuber, and you've done it for a few years, and you've built up some kind of audience, even relatively small compared to some of the bigger channels who cover different topics, and you can see your analytics, and you can see what happens, you get a very different understanding of this whole platform. And I'm sure Zintrax would 
I agree with what I'm take, saying about this, you know, the subscriber to view count. There's a big disparity because of the, of the bots. All right, what else have we got in here? Uh, let's see. Dirty Benny says, this is a much ignored black pill bit of research that JLB has exposed. Kudos. Yeah, Dirty Benny, I think, was it you, Dirty Benny, or somebody else sent me an email to do with the, the ultrasound hoax material that I released? And that means a lot to me because, again, I, I do all of this for me. I do the research for me. I do the content creation for me. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to get better. And then when I share the content, it's also for me because people send me, I mean, they send me some hate as well, but, you know. Some people send me some positive feedback. That makes me feel good. Of course, I'm running JohnTheBond.com, which depends on this kind of research. So I do this for me, and I feel like I benefit in some ways from it. But it always feels good when someone sends me an email saying, hey, that particular thing that you release or that particular piece of research, that has helped me in X, Y, Z way. That makes my day. I can't even explain it. It's a really wonderful thing. So thank you, Diddy Benny, for the positive correspondence. May's Painting writes that ultrasound and exposing Cavendish experiment. Thank you. Where is my dino film? So Maze Painting has said that they appreciate my ultrasound work and exposing the cams experiment. Guys, this is going to sound like I'm bragging or whatever the word is, you know, being arrogant, whatever. The thing is, the first person in, in this corner of the internet, as far as we know, and I have searched far and wide, the first person to expose the cams experiment as a hoax was the guy that you're listening to right now, John the Bond, back in 2015. Back on episode 12 of the... Baller Skeptic, no, no, episode 11, I should say, of the Baller Skeptic Roundtable when we had as guests Mare Zilla and Red's Rhetoric. Can you believe that? We're talking seven and a half years ago here, folks. And I'd only discovered the Cabinet Experiment just in, the, in the, the days or the hours even leading up to that particular chat. And for me, the Cabinet Experiment, and I released content on this at the time, is the Achilles heel of heliocentrism. If you look up right now any planet, say Mars, <clears throat> pardon me, look it up and go to Wikipedia and it will tell you the mass of Mars. Now, where does that mass come from? Obviously, nobody put Mars on a scale. But the experts are pretty confident with their figures. Where does those figures come from? Same with the Earth, same with the Moon, same with the Sun. Well, to cut a very long story short, they use what they call, and this is going back, I'm really digging into my memory. I haven't refreshed my, my notes on this in years, but they use the orbital mechanics, shall we say. That is the period of time it takes these planets to orbit the sun in their heliocentric model, they use that in conjunction with the mass of the Earth to then determine the mass of the planets. Now, how do they get the mass of the Earth? Oh, well, it's, you're going to love this. They, some guy, a couple hundred years ago, constructed a contraption that doesn't use any electricity or anything like that, just a, a rudimentary, uh, basically a set of scales, kind of. But the way that it worked was by hanging two heavy balls and then two slightly lighter balls, and measuring via telescope from a distance how attracted those balls were to each other, and thereby deriving big G, so-called big G, and then you use that in the formulas that use the periods, the orbital periods of the so-called planets, and voila, you've got the mass of the planets and the mass of Earth. And that is fundamental to the modern heliocentric paradigm that we live in now you don't need big g to believe that you live on a spinning ball you can have heliocentrism that is earth going around the sun without big g but the modern day conception the capitalist scientism does in fact depend on big g and it does in fact go to the cavendish experiment now modern day scientism disciples will come and tell you oh no we've got 
we've got much more sophisticated methods now. And, and then it's like, yeah, and what results do they get? The exact same result as Cavendish. Gee, what a coincidence. And of course, you can derive BG by reverse engineering little g. And little g is six, what is it, 9.8 meters per second squared. You drop something, it's going to fall, and its acceleration will be consistent, at least until drag takes over and it reaches terminal velocity. Things fall, generally speaking, at a consistent rate, 9.8 meters per second squared. You can reverse engineer G from that, big G. So that's why they're all getting the same result, because it's not based on actual observations of gravity. It's based on observations of how fast things fall. Now, a lot of people, because our school system is so terrible and people are so brainwashed, they're like, but that's what gravity is. They've been convinced that the theory of gravity is the same thing as objects falling. In their mind, it's the same thing. And they think I'm crazy for suggesting otherwise, even though the official story is that they're separate things. Things fall, and gravity is a theory to explain it, but they're separate things, as are small g and big g. But most people have no idea about this. And the only reason why I know about all of this is because I did the work back in 2015 and 16 and learnt what is the official story. And I know the official story better than the vast majority of people who believe in the official story. In fact, that's why I stopped believing once I learned what the official story is. And so my work on Cavendish, I'm very proud of it. I'm very grateful to May's painting for uh, raising that issue. That's the thing, folks. When you listen to me, you're not listening to some guy who just started podcasting two years ago or some guy who just has a cursory interest in the so-called truth. I've done the work, I've done the research, I've produced the content, and I believe I'm miles ahead of the vast majority of people who want to pretend that they're gurus. And I don't even claim to be a guru. I'm still sorting my own life out, my own the way I live my own life. I'm still trying to make sense of the whole thing, folks. Still just trying to enjoy life for what it is. So I don't see it as a guru. But if I wanted to be a guru, I've got a much stronger claim to make than the vast majority of people in the so-called truth movement who are, in most, not all, but most cases, clowns, fools, and charlatans. And on that note, folks, it's almost time to wrap it up. A big thanks to May's Painting for that last comment. Cubstar has just joined the room, has been supporting, or has been leaving comments, I should say, at johnlebon.com, at least on the YouTube channel. Cubstar has been leaving comments on the YouTube channel for uh, many years, and I appreciate it. And uh, and that's it. So, guys, I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, if you're listening because you saw this on Conspiracy No Poll, uh, thank you for being part of Conspiracy No Poll. I want to help make it the best conspiracy sub on Reddit behind the main sub. We're never going to overtake them in terms of overall activity. They're always going to be the numero uno subreddit. But for people who don't care about the blue versus red stuff, I think Conspiracy No Poll can be the best subreddit for skeptical discussion. Not just conspiracies, but skepticism of all kinds. I think Conspiracy No Poll can be that subreddit. It's my plan to get us there eventually. And with your help, I think we can do that. So big thanks to those of you who do comment at Conspiracy No Poll. If you found this uh, live stream or podcast through johnlebond.com, you've heard me speak about Conspiracy No Poll before. I know Reddit gets a bad rap, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I've got too much social media, I don't need more. <clears throat> Reddit isn't a typical uh, subreddit. Uh, Reddit isn't, sorry, Conspiracy No Poll isn't a typical subreddit. It doesn't have a usual... Um, you know, the the simple people that you find on other subreddits, Conspiracy No Poll doesn't have that. And that's because we filter those people out. So if you found this presentation through johnlebond.com, I know you've heard me speak about Conspiracy No Poll many times before. Chances are you're going to hear me speaking about it once a week because I'm going to plan to do this. We'll do this next week. We'll see what happens. And then we'll see what happens uh, beyond that. But I think this might become a regular fixture. And if you've found this particular presentation through somewhere that isn't Conspiracy No Poll, that isn't johnlebond.com, then once again, I'm johnlebond.com. I run johnlebond.com. No, I'm johnlebond. I run johnlebond.com. And I live here in beautiful Bulgaria, uh, beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. Jesus, it's been a big night, folks. I think the caffeine's either starting to kick in or starting to kick out. 
Let me try this again. I'm here in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. I've been here for a couple of years. Don't know what the future holds for me in terms of how much content I put out, but I've been doing this for eight or nine years and there's no end in sight. There's a ton of free content available at johnlebond.com. There's also a ton of content that is just for the members. You cannot join at the moment. It has been closed since September of last year. And I said I was going to close it. And I did close it. And I said I might reopen on March 11, which is the anniversary of Ted Ross, 3-11-2020. Ted Ross from the World Health Organization saying that this coronavirus can be characterized as a pandemic. That's when it began officially, 3-11. And there are so many things concerning uh, 3-11. So I will reopen the website. I'm very confident in early March of this year. So about six weeks from now. If you want to be on the mailing list to know when that's going to happen, join the free JLB mailing list. When you're on that mailing list, you also get free content that is usually just for the members of JohnLeBond.com, but I do send some out to the mailing list. I don't put it on YouTube. I don't put it on Twitter. I don't even put it on Conspiracy No Poll. I send it out to that free mailing list. So the link to that is in the show notes below. And that will just about do it. So this has been the pilot episode of the Conspiracy No Poll review. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please leave your comments in the comment section below. If you want to contact me, johnlebond 93 at gmail.com. If you want to find more of my threads and other people's threads, Conspiracy No Poll, that's subreddit forward slash r forward slash Conspiracy No Poll. That's N-O-P-O-L. That means no politics, no nonsense. Conspiracy No Poll subreddit. And I think that's all I have to say for today. So thank you, everybody. Hope you have a lovely morning, evening, afternoon. I will be on Fakeologist. Man, I wish the cafe was still open. Might get one more naughty coffee. I can't. The cafe is closed. I've got a show on Fakeologist in half an hour, which should be a lot of fun. So you can catch me there. That's fakeologist.com. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you, everybody. I wish I had something. You know what? Let's go out with the Harley guy. My favorite clip. This guy saw the... Well, let him tell you what happened. This is from the day of 9-11. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and ream into the side of the Twin Towers, exploding through the other side. And then I witnessed both towers collapse. One first and then the second. Mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. Tumbling down. Uh, we want to bring in Mark Walsh, who's a, a freelancer for Fox. You live just a few blocks away and witnessed. Dude, I, was, I, was, I live on the 43rd floor of a building, which is five blocks from the World Trade Center itself. I witnessed the entire thing from beginning to end. People talk about how it looked like a movie. I know when I came walking down here early this morning and saw both towers on fire and people on every street corner, it was, it was, it was like a movie, but you watched the planes hit the towers. I was watching with my roommate. It was approximately several minutes after the first plane had hit. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just ream right into the side of the Twin Tower, exploding through the other side. And then I witnessed both towers collapse, one first and then the second, mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. 